Hello and welcome into another episode of Locked on Wolves. Today on the show, checking in on the sustainability of the Tier Wolves defense. Where does it sit right now past the quarter point of the season? And uh, what metrics should we be watching here moving forward? Also, when Anthony Edwards comes back, what does Chris Finch's rotation look like? Plus, we'll look at a really difficult upcoming schedule for the Wolves. It's all upcoming. Welcome in. You are Locked on Wolves. You are Locked on Timberwolves. Your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNBA for for $20 off your first purchase. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Happy hump day. No Wolves game today. They have two days off in a row and play again Thursday at Dallas. We'll talk about that game a little bit later, but we'll spend a lot more time on the matchup tomorrow. Plenty to get to here today. I want to talk uh, for a good chunk of the, of the of our time together today about the Timberwolves defense, which still is the best in the league. And uh, I want to dig a bit into some of the peripheral numbers here. We'll talk rotation. We'll talk uh, upcoming schedule, all that here on the show. A big thank you, first of all, for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. Wherever you like to listen to podcasts, you can find Lockdown Wolves. You can also watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. And you can follow on X at Lockdown T Wolves and also at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C K E N. All right. So today, I want to check check in on the Timberwolves defense, and like it's easy to remember because we're now in day two, coming off a loss, and the Wolves have done a lot of winning this year. The Wolves just won six in a row, so the sky is not falling. And I, I talked about this quite a bit on the both the uh, well, I talked about it on the post game pod, I guess, yesterday on Tuesday, and also um, by the way, quick quick shout out, quick plug here. The next episode in your feed right here on Lockdown Wolves uh, that'll come just a little bit later on today on Wednesday will be the Minnesota Basketball Party. And I, I we're uh, going to talk a little bit about the, um, I guess, exactly that. Like, should we overreact to this loss to the Pelicans? Um, with respect to the conversation we're going to have on the podcast later, and I'll say this too, I'll, I'll say this as part of the Basketball Party. No, uh, I mean, I said this in the postgame pod. There was a lot that was fluky about this game. And the 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 one key takeaway is like, hey, how does this offense function at like a an NBA level, like a reasonable level without Anthony Edwards? They've got to figure that out, right? That's that's a real thing. They did a lot of the other stuff pretty well in that game. Um, so like the sky is not falling. That said, it does feel like the defense just a little bit has has had a few you know, challenges here more recently. And obviously the competition's got a little bit better. Uh, Jade McDaniels missed time again, and obviously Ant missing time. So you've got two of your three best perimeter defenders in and out of the lineup over the past couple of weeks. But still sitting here right now on December 13th, the Timberwolves have the first ranked defense in the entire league by defensive efficiency, uh, defensive rating, really regardless of what site you look at. And we're 22 games in now. So we're over a quarter of the season. Um, like this is a... Um, like it's still really impressive where the wolves are sitting. And we did this a few weeks ago and I, I want to kind of check back in on some of the, some of the peripheral numbers um, in terms of effective. So like there's the defensive four factors, right? And, and the, you know, those are prominent on a basketball reference and I, you know, they cite them on the Valley sports North broadcast all the time, effective field goal percentage uh, turnovers, defensive rebounding and um, 
And well, actually, I guess on Bally, they do something a little bit different. They talk about um, second chance points, but, you know, obviously linked to defensive rebounding and then free throws, uh, free throw rate. So effective field goal percentage, the Timberwolves continue to have the best mark in the league. And it's not uh, it's getting a little closer, but it's forty nine point four percent opponent effective field goal percentage for a little bit of context. The best team last year in terms of defensive effective field goal percentage, was the Milwaukee Bucks at 52%. There were three teams between 52 and 53%. And this year, the Wolves are at 49%. There's only one other team better than 51.5%. So one other team within two percentage points, the Wolves, and that's the Rockets at 50%. The Wolves and Rockets have been 1-2 for a long time, and OKC's been third for a while too. But then you've got quite a bit, you know, a team's clustered together from like three to really like three to 10 teams that are between uh, 51 and a half and 53%. But the Wolves have a, a more than a half point lead, a half percentage point lead on the Rockets. And again, two percentage points on the third best team in terms of defensive effective field goal percentage. That obviously is, I, I would be willing to bet that's the closest correlation to actual defensive rating. Because obviously the rate at which opponents make shots um, is going to impact your um is going to impact your defensive rating, right? And sure enough, the Wolves and Rockets are one and two in defensive rating. Uh, the Thunder are six. The Celtics are four in terms of effective field goal percentage. The Celtics are five. So it's, you know, probably the most closely correlated of the, of the four factors. Um, you go back a couple of years and the best team in terms of defensive effective field goal percentage in the 21-22 season was the Celtics and they were a shade over 50%. So in the same realm as where the Wolves are now. So is it sustainable? And by the way, you go back three years, the 2021 season, the Jazz were number one and the Knicks were number two, and they were both under 51%, you know, between 50 and 51%. So is it sustainable? I mean, historically speaking, yes, it is sustainable for a team to have, like, we're not talking about a crazy outlier at this point in the season. Now, it would be the best effective field goal percentage that any team has turned in over a full campaign in the last four seasons. Yes, but it would be close. Like, it's in the realm, right? And, and I think that's important to point out. So we're not dealing with just, like, that was part of the early season, some of the national punditry, uh, national podcasts were saying like, oh, okay, yeah, well, you know, put a three-point percentage, put an effective field goal percentage. Is that stuff really sustainable? And I would say at this point, yeah, like the Wolves are forcing opponents into difficult three-point shots. Um, it doesn't mean there won't be some regression to the mean. We've already seen that a little. But even if the Wolves are, you know, in the neighborhood of 50-51%, that's still going to be a top five team in terms of defensive effective field goal rate. By the way, opponents for a long time were shooting... Um, we're shooting like 32% for three. It is up a little to 33.7%. It's still third best in the league in terms of just raw three po- opponent three-point percentage. So if you limit corner three-point opportunities, you do a great job contesting on the perimeter, contest under control, X out to contest those corner threes and, and force opponents to shoot as many above-the-break threes and mid-range long twos as possible, you're going to drive the effective field goal percentage down. Like, that's the whole point, right? We shouldn't punish the Wolves for doing a good job at those things. Is there some good fortune? Sure. But we've also watched, you know, random ninth guy on the Hornets and the Knicks and some of these teams knock down, um, you know, ridiculous contested threes to keep teams in games like that's also happened. Right. So there's there's also luck on the other side of the ledger, too. And I think that's important to note in terms of some of the other four factors. The Wolves are seeing an increase or an improvement, I should say, in defensive rebound rate. They're now back up to 10th. And remember, they were top 10 for a while. It slipped back to like the 16-17 range, which is where we've been used to seeing the Wolves. Actually, they've been worse than that in the past couple of seasons. Um, and now they're 10th, according to basketball reference, to defensive rebound rate. Now, there's different ways to look at this, like uh, cleaning the glass measures it as opponent offensive rebound rate. So like, uh, what's the opponent's 
essentially how many what percentage of offensive rebounds his opponents are opponents getting. The Wolves are tenth in in defensive rebound rate on Basketball Reference, but they are aren't their numbers next to these teams on Cleaning the Glass? They're one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. They're thirteenth in defensive offensive rebound rate on. Uh, Oh no, I did not count that right. They're, no, they're not 13th. They're 21st. They do have numbers. They're 21st. Uh, it turns out when you scroll, anyway, uh, the Wolves are 21st in offense, opponent offensive rebound rate on cleaning the glass. So they're measured a little bit differently. Uh, it could be because cleaning the glass, I, I think the main difference is they're removing garbage time, right? So um, technically, oh, garbage time and also end of quarter possessions are removed on cleaning the glass. So that number is going to be a little more accurate. So overall, it's moving in the right direction. We've also seen a little bit more garbage time lately, which could influence the overall number on basketball reference. Um, But all that to say, that's a number to watch for this team because how many second chance opportunities are are they giving opponents? Um, Eventually, that's going to catch up to them. And and one of the things I touched on, well, actually, let's do that next. Next, I want to get to opponent free throw rate because obviously that was a debacle in New Orleans on Monday, and that was the biggest issue in that game. Um, so we'll cover that next, and then we'll move into the the rotation conversation and then finally into uh, the upcoming schedule. But let's talk free throw rate and put a bow on the defensive conversation here next. Today's episode is brought to us by our friends over at eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire every week, we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit your roster. So let's see who Josh picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. None other than Dante Exum, still kicking around in the NBA. He's on the Dallas Mavericks. The Mavs are struck down with injuries, and well, that's the case. Exum looks like a solid ad, according to our friend Josh Lloyd. Of course, the Wolves play the Mavs Thursday night, so that's very topical. Exum, last time out for Dallas, which was, uh, I think it was just, Tuesday night. Yeah, they, I think they played Tuesday night. Um, Exum had 26 points in 36 minutes as a starter in the Dallas lineup. Shot 8 of 10, knocked down 7 threes. You know, I don't know that you're going to... I don't know that Josh is guaranteeing you that level of performance from Exum night in and night out, but he had 16 and 6 the night before that, and then in the win over Portland last Friday, he had 23 points, 7 assists, 6 rebounds, and Dallas is hot right now. So Dante Exum, a strong pickup, according to Josh Lloyd, for your fantasy lineup. Josh is going to help you win your fantasy championship, and eBay Motors knows the championship team is about each player being a perfect fit, and it's the same with your vehicle. If you have a personal vehicle that, um, you know, like you use all the time, means a lot to you. eBay Motors is the best place to get it fixed up and keep it in good shape. Uh, my first car was a Mercury Tracer, and... Uh, I wish that eBay Motors had been around that because I kind of, I maybe would have, I kind of gave up a little too early on the Tracer, but I I miss it. It was a great car, right? I wish I could have kept it running longer. eBay Motors would have helped me do that. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right. Uh, 
putting a bow in the defensive conversation, I couldn't talk about this without referencing the 43 free throws the Wolves give up against New Orleans on Monday. Yes, uh, those officials were whistle happy, and, and that's actually part of the point here. Um, this was equal parts in my mind. The I think the way I said this Monday was, this is maybe dramatic, but the Wolves chickens coming home to roost in the sense that they've been fouling a lot more lately and getting away without a, a significant change in their team defensive, or I guess opponent free throw rate. The Wolves had been like 10th in, 10th overall in a fouls committed per game, but like free throw rate was like fifth. Um, and that correlation should be closer. Sure enough, now it's inched a little bit closer. They're 12th in fouls per game league-wide, just straight personal fouls per game. And then they're eighth in defensive free throw rate. So I think those numbers are going to get closer together. And if they commit more fouls, they're going to allow more free throws. And so this was, that variance has been a little bit off, in my opinion. And, and I think it's getting closer. And then also this this officiated crew is completely whistle-happy in the game. And part of the Wolves' strategy, certainly in that game, was to be physical with Zion and just try and make him beat them with his own physicality. And he did. Like, tip your cap to Zion. Also, the officials helped in that regard, which is the game within the game. I'm not at all complaining. I'm not on an official, you know, an official, a referee soapbox right now. I am stating the obvious. The Wolves wanted to be physical. And if they knew that if the referees decided to call a ticky-tack type or, or, you know, more fouls in the game, it was going to put them in a bad way. And that's what happened. But if they didn't, I mean, Zion might still probably still would have beaten them because of how crazy good he played on Monday because he's that type of a player, right? If he has a night like that, it'd be really hard, and especially supporting cast was fine too. Um, but that's the strategy against the Pels. And in general, that's the Wolf's strategy defensively is to be more physical, to um, contest shots. They're not the defense they were two years ago when they were more of a fly around aggressively, you know, try to turn teams over. And they're not like last year, which was a little bit more passive, albeit still a good defense, a top 10 defense right around that 10 mark all season league wide. Uh, but a little, you know, played more drop last year than they are this year. And and it was, and now this is kind of in between those two units, right? Because they have Rudy, they still have that anchor and they can play drop and they are playing more zone, but they're also still athletic and long on the perimeter and trying to get out contest shots more free with, uh, more frequency. They're also at times, depending on matchups, they're switching a little more. They are playing at the level a bit more in pick and roll. Whereas last year they almost exclusively dropped. So this is like a blending of the last two years defensively. And it might lend itself to a few more free throw attempts for opponents. Um, it's that was an issue last year. It was an issue two years ago. Um, and this year, I, I think that that number was, has been deflated to this point versus where it actually will end the season. That said, it's obviously still not a good thing to give up more free throw attempts. So the Wolves still need to be cognizant of that. I think it's just going to depend night to night on, on the type of whistles you're getting or not getting. Um, that's going to be just part of living and dying with this defense. To this point, it's worked, right? 22 games in, um, it's very hard. I mean, we can't complain. They're the number one defense in the league. And that includes number of free throws you're allowing the opponent to shoot. So, um, and also, like, it's not like there's also, there's a lot of other, like, underlying things that go into this. They're not getting lucky with like opponents shooting a poor percentage. Opponents are still shooting a top 10 percentage from the line. Um, like, you know, like some of those things, uh, they're they're not necessarily getting off easy in that in that regard, right? Um, so all that to say, that's a number to keep an eye on. Um, defensive rebound rate, turnover rate, still kind of middle of the pack. But this defense to this point appears to be completely sustainable. You're still talking about, you know, Jane McDaniels has missed 10 of the Wolves' 22 games, and he is their best perimeter defender. And, and, you know, if he could get healthy and, and play the rest of the season, um, 
there's a real shot he still makes an all-defense team. And he's missed 10 games, almost half of the season to this point. And now Ant's missed, um, you know, effectively four games uh, because he only played four minutes in the one game. And he played three quarters of another game and then had another game where he was severely, you know, hampered throughout that Spurs game, right? So Ant's has not been himself for, we'll call it a quarter of the season to this point too. So um, assuming relative health for McDaniels and Ant moving forward, and I'd love to do that, then like, yeah, I mean, we got to feel pretty good about where this defense is sitting. We have to feel good about it. And I think we should feel good about the sustainability as well. All right, real quickly on the rotation, um, both Jordan McLaughlin and Jaden McDaniels came back on uh, Monday and the loss to the Pelicans. Now McLaughlin, I don't think we should consider him as part of like a regular rotation uh, member. So I'm going to set J-Mac aside for a moment. If, if you do, that's nine guys that played rotation minutes for the Wolves, uh, you know, call it first half rotation minutes for the Wolves in this game with the return of Jaden McDaniels. Troy Brown Jr. started with the absence of Ant and he's done a great job. Alexander Walker started and McDaniels came off the bench. So that's your top nine right now, right? So your starting lineup the other night was Conley, Alexander Walker, Brown, Gobert, and Towns. That's five. And then off the bench, you had Kyle Anderson, Nas Reed, Shake Milton, and Jaden McDaniels. Those are your top nine right now. When Ant comes back, and I, I kind of doubt it's Thursday against the Mavs. He's listed as questionable. I, if I'm the Wolves, I give him another couple of nights, you know, and and maybe he comes back on, I think they play Saturday night. Yeah, Saturday night against the Pacers. Um, that would be my take on it. We'll see. When Ant comes back, what does Chris Finch do? Does Troy Brown go back to being a, a you know, not a member of the rotation and, and, and just logging DNP CDs? Is it Shake Milton? Um, do we, or is it a 10 man rotation with relative, you know, reduction in minutes for each of these guys? Finch likes to have a shorter bench. He likes to keep a, a tighter rotation. My hunch is that this goes to a 10 man rotation and he just tries to lessen. Now I say this, I say this knowing that it goes against what Finch typically does, right? He'd rather play guys heavier minutes and, and have a shorter bench, but the wolves have a back-to-back coming up here in about a week. They haven't had, they've only had one of those to this point in the season. Um, Obviously, and whenever he comes back, he's not going to be 100% right away with the hip injury. McDaniels surely isn't 100% with the ankle. Um, so why not go to a 10-man rotation and instead of Ant and McDaniels playing 34, 35 minutes, bring these guys closer to 30, give Troy Brown a few minutes off the bench. Once he returns to the bench, Alexander Walker likely would go back to the bench and you just go with the 10-man rotation. McLaughlin's still your 11th guy. So, you know, if Shake starts to struggle, Shake played fine the other night, but if he struggles then McLaughlin could take those minutes. So you, that's the beauty of how deep this team is, is you don't have to um, you don't have to have a tight rotation. It's not like, oh, thank goodness, we get to get Austin Rivers or Brent Forbes out of the rotation, right? Like 12 months ago, that was the situation. And by the way, Chris Finch still didn't, right? He's still one of those vets to play for whatever reason. Um, and now, like... You can make the case one through eleven, and every and I think everybody feels really good. People are clamoring for Josh. I'm clamoring for Josh Minot minutes. Although I know realistically he's the twelfth guy, he's not playing in the near future, right? That's that's unless he just isn't. But this team goes at least eleven deep through Jordan McLaughlin, and your twelfth guy is Josh Minot, and your thirteenth guy is you know they've got so much depth in this. You know Luca Garza, obviously, right? Um. There's no reason you can't take advantage of it here. Keep some of these guys fresh. I mean, we're getting into, we're not quite to the dog days of January, February yet. We're, we're close, right? We're, uh, you know, once we get past the holidays, that's when this kind of could guys start to drag a little bit. 
you need to keep all these bench guys fresh. And especially with how well, you know, Troy Brown had a, a relatively nondescript night, didn't shoot the ball well the other night, but I thought was active and good defensively. Like he's earned the right to stay in the rotation. Shake is playing better. Um, you know, Alexander Walker obviously has been very good defensively, been up and down offensively, but all these guys deserve to be seen regular minutes. And this is a way to do it. Just give a few less minutes to some of these backcourt guys and, and especially McDaniels and Ant to keep Brown in the rotation, to keep, um, you know, to keep the minutes up for a Nikhil Alexander Walker, for instance. I think that that would be the right move for Chris Finch here moving forward. All right, let's close the show here today by looking at the Timberwolves' upcoming schedule. It's extremely difficult. We'll take a look at that here next. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends at GameTime. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. You can see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Plus, all-in prices show your total up front, so you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. Buy tickets in seconds with two taps. Game Time is absolutely obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. You can get exclusive flash deals and sponsored deals on tickets for whatever sport you like, plus concerts, comedy, theater, and more. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKDOWNNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code LOCKDOWNNBA. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, let's close this thing out by looking at the upcoming schedule, and we'll preview the Mavs game Thursday. I want to spend a decent chunk of the show talking about that because Dallas is playing great here lately. Um, the Wolves have the Mavs Thursday night. They've won, actually, here. Let me see how many in a row they've won. They've won a bunch in a row. We, I know that. Um, and, you know, Kyrie obviously isn't playing right now. Either he's got the heel injury. Uh, Dallas beat the Lakers by a bucket on Tuesday night. Currently, Dallas is on a four-game winning streak, and uh, they're 6-4 and four in their last 10 um, and they're now third in the Western Conference. They are percentage points ahead of, of Denver. They're they're you know one ahead of them in the loss column, one behind them in the win column. Um, so they're percentage points ahead of Denver, and they're actually third in the West. They've beaten the Jazz, the Blazers, the Grizzlies, and the Lakers. So the first three of those aren't exactly uh, a murderer's row of opponents, although they beat the Jazz by 50 points, which is, you know, impressive. Uh, but before that, they lost the Thunder. They also lost the Grizzlies. They lost the Clippers. They barely beat the Rockets and they barely beat the Lakers. So it's been a rocky season and now you've got the Kyrie injury. So um, as we dig into that matchup Thursday, I'm, I'm intrigued to to look at those numbers a little bit more closely what Dallas has been up to. They've scored 120 plus in every game over their four game winning streak, but they've also allowed at least 110 in their last three games. So, um, you know, you're, it's going to be a high scoring game, very likely against Dallas. And that's the first difficult game upcoming. And then you look at the Pacers who have like a historically efficient and dominant offense currently at, at this moment and struggle defensively, obviously they're Saturday. We'll dig into them on Friday's show. And then the wolves play Monday night at the heat. They go right back out on the road after that one game homestand, if you will. Um, I don't think it's technically a homestand, but uh, by the way, this schedule right now is really weird for the wolves. They played that one home game against San Antonio three on the road. Then you get, um, let's see three on the road. Then you get one more home game against the Pacers on Saturday, two on the road, one home game against the Lakers, two more on the road. And then, and then that gets you past Christmas. So they spend Christmas on the road between Sacramento and OKC. Um, it's just a, a very strange, like 
multiple one-game homestands until you get to December 28th when they finally get three out of four at home with still a one-game road trip. Like, it's just no, no, you know, any length of time at home or on the road here upcoming. And to make matters even more difficult, they're actually really good opponents, right? So um, Mavs Thursday, Pacers Saturday, back out on the road for the Heat Monday at the Sixers next Wednesday. Of course, the Wolves beat both the Heated Sixers earlier this year. No Jimmy Butler in the win over the Heat and no Joel Embiid in the win over the Sixers. So, like... I don't. I don't want to throw out the results from the games that they played against these teams previously, but um, th- it's going to be more difficult this time around. And then you get the Lakers at home, but it's a back-to-back after traveling back from Philadelphia the night before, and uh, that is not going to be fun. Uh, that's going to be a really difficult one. And both those games, by the way, on NBA TV, so kind of pseudo national TV. Wednesday the twentieth at the Sixers, Thursday the twenty-first home for the Lakers. That is. I think it's fair to say that's a murderer's row of opponents. Like if you look at at where these teams are in the standings, I mean Dallas, like I said, they're they're currently sitting here right now. They're technically third in the Western Conference. Um, that's Thursday night. Then you get the Pacers. The Pacers are fifth in the East. They're only three and a half back though of the number one spot. And like I said, they have just a really dominant offense. Then you get Miami, who hasn't been as good this season. They haven't been that good lately. They're seventh of the East, but they're a playoff team. Like there's not, they're not going to not be a playoff team. You get the Sixers who are currently fourth in the East. They're on a three game winning streak right now. And then the Lakers, we all know that they've, uh, you know, of course won the in season tournament. Uh, besides that, they've been very up and down. Um, they're sixth right now in the Western conference Then you get into the Kings and the thunder. The Kings are fifth and already beat the wolves pretty handily. Once the thunder are still second in the West, the wolves barely beat them. Then you get Dallas again, you get Lakers again, you get the Knicks, um, the Knicks, the wolves have already beaten their six in the East. So you have to go all the way until, um, like I'm, I'm still, by the way, side note, I'm a bit dubious out of Houston. They fall into ninth in the West, but we'll call them a, a play, a at least a play-in team for the sake of argument here. You got to get all the way to Portland on January 12th, which is more than a month for, or almost exactly a month from now. The next time the Wolves play a team that's not currently a seven seed or, or excuse me, a nine seed or better in their respective conference. You have to go to Portland on January 12th. And the Wolves have, have not seen Portland yet, by the way. Um, and they've only seen Utah. I think one, I know, I guess they played Utah twice. So, um, it's not easy. The next few weeks are not easy. You get the back-to-back, only their second one of the season coming up here on the 20th and 21st, and they have another back-to-back on January 9th and 10th at Orlando and at Boston. That's not an easy one. Um, Orlando's still second in the Eastern Conference, tied for second, and of course, Boston's first. That's about the toughest back-to-back you're going to see. So the schedule's tough, and it's another reason why I would advocate for resting Ant Thursday. If you take the L, you take the L. You need Ant to be 100% for this next run, and then hopefully you get him back on the floor. You need his offense against the Pacers Saturday. You need him um, to help with the heat on Monday, like uh, to give yourself a shot in some of these games. And maybe you rest him in one of the two games of the back-to-back next week, Philly and the Lakers, if he's still sore, right? Like I, it's not a full load management situation, but kind of sort of with this injury. It's an injury management situation. The Wolves have to be smart about this so that it's not lingering throughout the rest of the season. Uh, there, there's no question about that. All right. Thursday on the show, we are going to preview that Wolves-Mavs matchup. We'll dig a bit into the Mavs rotation here. Sands, uh, Kyrie Irving, and also they've had quite a few injuries, actually. We'll talk about what to expect in that matchup. The first time we've seen Dallas this season. Um, so we'll do that on Thursday's show. And of course, we'll have the postgame pod following that. Um, and uh, also, well, I should say the live postcast following it, following the game on Lockdown Sports Minnesota. And then my postgame pod will be Friday morning. I mentioned this earlier. If you... Uh, the next episode in your feed. So depending on when you're listening to this on Wednesday, it may already be posted. If not, you know, 
if you're not already subscribed, please subscribe. Pay attention that uh, Minnesota basketball party episode with yours truly, Jack Borman from Canis Hoopus, uh, Reggie Wilson, the anchor at Care 11, uh, their, their sports anchor, and um, Ron Johnson for the Ron Johnson Show. We all join Sam Ekstrom every Wednesday to talk Wolves basketball. So uh, that is going to be in your feed a little bit later today. And the video will be over at Lockdown Sports Minnesota on YouTube. That's all we have for today here on the show. A big thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. Wherever you like to listen to podcasts, you can find Lockdown Wolves. You can also watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. And you can follow on X at Lockdown T-Wolves and also at B-Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. Of course, the Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.